Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Hey friends, before we begin the episode, I want to remind you that my next six-week course begins on February 21st. Registration opens on January 19th and closes one week afterwards. I will be hosting a free webinar on Wednesday, January 19th with a Q&A to describe the course and answer any questions you might have. For more information, visit holisticlifenavigation.com. Now let's get back to the episode. On today's episode, I navigate how we abandon the body when we fixate on the mind. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I am your host, Luis Mojica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music, and then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply, listen to life, to the people around me, and to my body. And that's when I realized that the body speaks through sensations, and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic Life Navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. Your time to learn begins now. I 
I want to open this episode by reading a post from James Olivia Chu Hillman, who is a colleague of mine and becoming a friend of mine, I like to think. And I really love their work. I'm going to read this. The title of it is, Where Do I Abandon the Body and Grasp at Supremacy of the Mind? And they write, Where do I prioritize or insist on understanding my emotions or my circumstances or someone else's actions, rather than allowing myself to experience the sensations that physically arise inside of me? To be clear, I don't hold a judgment that momentarily leaving or choosing not to attend to the body is bad or wrong, particularly when it takes exquisite care of me in moments of acute or overwhelming distress. And I want other ways available to me to consciously navigate and experience my own life. I desire the capacity to be with the wholeness of myself through my lived experience, even in the face of that which I do not prefer. That said, I am mildly vexed and a bit flabbergasted to have discovered this after nearly five decades and much effort. I can't outsmart my body. In English, we often use the word feel when we're really talking about our perceptions and judgments. Examples, I feel judged. I feel like you understand me. I feel like a bad person. I feel that is an unwise decision. Any statement that begins with I feel and ends with a perception or judgment is incongruent. It takes me out of my own experience, my own body, my own actual feeling. Understanding where my emotions originate, while quite fascinating and often comforting, is only temporary relief from feeling and experiencing them. I have to say that one again. Understanding where my emotions originate, while quite fascinating and often comforting, is only temporary relief from feeling and experiencing them. Ooh. Hmm. May I learn the language of this form? May I listen to what I have to say to me? May I experience fully the gift of this incarnation? I cannot know you without you. I cannot know or be known without me. Right relationship nourishes. So just so gloriously written. I love it so much. And um, part of it was in response to some of the work I've been doing and speaking about around this topic. Um, mostly, whenever I say like, it means I'm leaving my body. This is a great way we can start practicing what James Olivia is talking about. Whenever I use the word like after the statement I feel, I'm going into judgment and into my mind to explain and figure out rather than simply feeling the sensations and emotions. Examples, I feel like you don't love me. I feel like my head is going to explode. I feel like this will never end. We are allowed to have fears and judgments and projections. It's not about never having them. It's about noticing them and noticing that they are not feelings. Feelings are what take us directly into the parts of us that want to be heard, that want to be related to. They are direct connectors to the places within, often subconscious places as well. Thoughts and judgments take us away from the body. I feel sadness in my chest. I feel pressure in my stomach. I feel exhaustion in my eyes. 
These are examples of direct statements of expressing feelings that connect me to those parts of my body with those feelings, right? These statements directly connect me right to that place that's speaking. Remember, feelings are sensations, and that's how our bodies communicate. Sensations are the language of the body. We abandon them innocently when we go to the mind. If my feelings turn into the story that you're going to leave me, my body creates a charge of panic associated with losing you, and I lose the initial feeling to the story. So if I think you're going to leave me, for example, the charge that comes up from my mind projecting you leaving me rushes me out of the initial sensation, the physical physical sensation in a part of my being that led to the story you're going to leave me. So in addition to the initial feeling or sensation, I now have an overcoupled story that both pulls me away from the sensation and creates more stressful sensations. If I sit with the heaviness in my heart, if I sit with the direct sensation instead of the story or the projection or judgment or a description even, I become the lover of my heart, the lover that I want you to be. And that part, my heart in this case, gets its needs met by feeling seen, by being sat with, by relating. From that security, self-regulation through self-relation, I can then connect with you tell you my needs from a centered place, and even empathize with you when you cannot meet my needs. All because my communication of my feelings makes it about me and not about you, so I don't lose myself. This is somatic self-parenting and reorienting toward our own state so it can be fully embodied and seen and then expressed and responded. And who responds to it or expresses it? We do because it's our feelings, right? So it's a great exercise right now to check in with your body and notice the sensation and just see what it's like as you notice the sensation, just to put a hand over it, to release the burden of understanding the context of its origin, to release the burden of having to get rid of the sensation, to release the burden to understand the sensation. See what it's like just to touch it, just to feel the sensation, just to sit with the information that comes through it. And notice, you don't need to understand it to be in relationship with it. I love uh, the work of Alak, who is a... Um, non-binary writer and performer and artist. And uh, one of my favorite things that they say is, you don't need to understand me to love me. I don't need to understand you to love you. Compassion and understanding, they don't have to go hand in hand. I love that. For some of us, understanding does help get there, but it's not necessary if we just defer to sensation. So if we're feeling into our bodies and we're noticing... What happens to the part of me that feels a sensation when I just sit with it, when I don't try to explain it or try to validate it, but I just sit with it and I touch into it? Notice what happens. There's this direct relationship happening when we connect to it instead of trying to explain it even. 
doesn't mean we should express ourselves. But what if the first step was just relating to ourselves? And then after we relate to a part of ourselves, then we can see if we even need someone else to. We might feel completely complete. So notice that for yourself right now. And the origins of this are very ancient. The origins of bypassing the body for the mind. You know, at some point in our history, it was decided that the mind was more supreme than the body. And which was concurrent with that uh, was the earth also being, um, let's say, um, below society, below civilization, below progress. So this place of abandoning the body for mind is just like abandoning earth for commerce. It's the same difference. It's a, it's a colonization of dominating something. And in this case here, when we're talking about abandoning the body for the mind, we're talking about a society that is founded on, let's say, intellect and literature and um, mind supremacy, believing the mind is more important than body. And my work is not to discredit the power of the mind. I do believe in mind over matter. I do believe in alchemy and how the biology of the body can change in one second based on the mind. So the mind is a powerful, powerful being to work with. But the key word there is with. Work with what? The body. If they're not equally important, one is being abandoned for the other. So I find this practice to be really helpful to notice. When I say I feel, let me see if I can follow up the word feel with a direct sensation. I feel sadness in my chest. I feel a pressure in my leg. I feel exhaustion. And whatever that sensation or emotion is that you're feeling physically in your body, when you connect directly to it without story, it shows you its needs. I feel an exhaustion in my eyes. Mm, let me close them. Ah, uh, let me take a nap for five minutes. Compared to, I feel like I just have to work all day. For the story, I feel like I just have to work all day, or I feel like I just have to keep working, or I feel like I'm so tired of this. I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm substituting the direct connection to sensation and meeting the need of that sensation with a story that bypasses the sensation and creates another one. I feel like I have to work all day. There's no relationship there. There's a statement that bypasses a feeling. So try this out. See how it resonates. See where it sits with you. And I'm going to be having James Olivia on the podcast uh, so maybe in the next month or so to talk about this a little more because I love to hear through their perspective um, just what this what this kind of work means for them around uh, someone that does self-inquiry, which works with the mind a lot, how they're experiencing bringing the body in more. Um, I'm excited to hear more about that. If you want to learn more about the work, you can go to inquisitivehuman.com. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
my question for you is, where do you feel the episode? Take a breath and just notice. What's your body doing right now? Sit with it. Let it speak to you. And let whatever comes up, come up. And your only job is to listen. For all the wisdom you need is right inside of you. For more information on my work, including my online courses and healing circles, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook, where I share weekly philosophies and resources to help you release stress and trauma from your body so that you can live a happier life. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.